0: I'm Salvatesh. I'm Robert O'Rari. It's Monday, February 10th,
1: 2020. And this is Casual Pour. Yeah. Mm. <sighs>
0: what do you got? What do you got
1: today? I am drinking wine because I can't drink anything heavier. Right now we're
0: gonna we're gonna talk about that welcome back to casual Pour. <laughs> oh,
1: we, we want to talk about host. it. i'm robert Arari. i'm Salvatage. this week we're gonna have a drink with justin lafazan justin is the co-founder and co-ceo of nextgen a global community of 20,000 entrepreneurs and investors all under the age of 25 that actually includes justin himself nice who is 23 years old so we're going to talk about how the global culture around entrepreneurship has changed for our generation that's like millennials yeah. gen z and how some young entrepreneurs that he knows today are actually doing some really incredible shit. But first, we are going to talk about Macy's closing 125 what? stores. What? No way! <laughs> I can't believe Macy's is closing stores. That's and laying crazy. off another 2,000 employees as what? part of their big plan to restructure. Do not They're worry. They're restructuring again. again. No, but this time is different. It's nothing like the last 50 times that they've yeah, tried to do this. Yeah. And then after our interview with Justin, Sal's going to give you a quick update on Twitter stock. Yes. Quick note before we get started, all the people we mentioned on this episode are going to be listed on our website under people you should know. And on our episode description with links to how to get in contact with them at casualpoor.com. All right. Now, on to the topics. First off, Macy's is in trouble. They announced that they're closing yet another 125 stores and laying off another 2,000 employees, which comes as a shock to absolutely nobody. Nobody. Nobody.
0: Nobody. 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 It's funny that we still talk about the store closures like it's a crazy thing. And all they do is talk about it on CNBC. Oh, my God. Macy's, the 200-year-old the, the 200, 200 retailer, closed 125 stores. I'm not surprised. Craig Johnson, the <laughs> head of
1: customer growth partners, said, quote, Macy's has too many square feet chasing too few customers. Sales are going down faster than they can eliminate physical space. Sal, one, why is this happening? And two, is this a Macy's problem or is this a retail problem?
0: Well, it's happening because it's a Macy's problem. And Macy's is a traditional retailer, which makes it a retail problem. Look, if you're in retail today, in my opinion, you have to be doing three things really well. Or one of, one of the three things, right? Mm -hmm. The first thing is you've got to carry brands that nobody else has, right? Private label. That's why the private label uh, arena right now is very hot. Target does a ton of private label, and they're doing fairly well. If you look at the second thing a retailer should have, again, you, could, you only need to have one of these. The second thing is you've got to compete on price. You've got to have better prices than anybody else because nobody's going to walk into your store if you don't have better prices than everyone else. That's also a mistake that Macy's makes all the time. Mm-hmm. And third is y- you've got to create a store that's experiential, right? That, that's, that's a huge thing today. People want to, ex- want to experience certain things. That's my take. Now doug stevens who people call a retail guru uh kind of is kind of talking about two areas that retail's going into right now right you want to did you want to you, 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 you made like a movement I, I i made a movement it was more
1: just to make sure that i'm comfortably positioned by the mic but oh, i'm ears. Okay. i'm listening
0: okay good no that's that's we got to make sure everyone's comfortable yeah, yeah uh, i'm know. good all right so the first thing he says is that There is a commoditization of goods and services in retail. People just want to buy the greatest possible convenient product at the lowest possible price, right? So that's one side. And the second side is that, you know, listen, people aren't just going to buy everything online for the rest of our lives. We Humans have an innate love for going into a store and and taking part in that. That's an experience. So stores, the second part of that is stores need to be experiential, like I said earlier. So Macy's doesn't fit into any of those parts, right? They kind of fit in between an Amazon, which is super convenient, right? And Mm -hmm. then a TJ Maxx, which is killing it right now because they've got prices and products that nobody else carries. That's what I'm saying.
1: So it's kind of like two reasons you're saying to really walk into, or generally two reasons, two ways you shop, either for convenience, I just need something quick, I already know exactly what I want. Or and I just need it at the best possible price, fast and easy enough to yeah. get to me. Or I am looking to spend a day with my friends and actually have an experience shopping. Yes, Got yes, it. yes, yes, yes.
0: Yes. And Macy's is Macy's is like every time they come at this, they come at like oh oh we're we're cutting more jobs and we're restructuring again and we're going to try X Y and Z. But at the same time, they're still a retail like the, like their model is the same. They they can't be as big as they used to. They keep doing the same things. So you're saying all
1: of retail is fucked. There's no question. It's just a matter of time. I'm saying department stores are done.
0: Department Department stores are done. Specifically, department. Close the door and throw away the key. (laughs) Done. No, no hope. No hope. If they change the model, like Macy's wants to open smaller stores, which which we'll get to in a second, then you're trying something else, right? But as department stores stand, regular large stores with thousands of products sitting in inventory, taking up Tons of square footage, like you said, doesn't make sense. I think Macy's still has a chance here. Yeah? I do. Oh, okay. Okay. Humor
1: me. I don't think it's dead for Macy's. I don't. I think, that they're, uh, I, think that they're, I think that they have a history of innovating. They were the first department store to offer tailoring in-store. They were the first department store to design their windows. They literally introduced the concept of window shopping. They were the first to create an in store Santa Claus so that you would bring your kids to the store. They've always done experience retail in a way other people didn't. They did the, cr- they did the fucking Thanksgiving Day parade since what, 1924, 1925? Yeah, probably. They've been doing it every single day. Macy's is synonymous with retail, it is synonymous with department stores, it is synonymous with shopping. I don't think that's going anywhere. And on top of that, they were even early on in e commerce. I mean, they, were do- they had an online store since the year you and I were born. In 1997, so they've been at this for a very, very, very long time. So I don't think that I don't I don't think that I think that if any company is going to be able to turn things around for themselves once again, maybe
0: it's Macy's. Listen, the problem with that is, if you compare, you can't even compare Amazon to Macy's. They're on two totally different areas. Uh, like Doug Stevens book, I was just reading it. Um, it's called Retail Reinvention. It's a great book. But he talks about how the former CEO of Macy's said at a conference a couple of years ago, oh, Amazon's getting into you know, apparel. There's no way they could deal with like, the, the returns of thousands of goods. Of, of This of, is what Macy said. Yeah. Macy said about Amazon. There's no way they could handle the logistics nightmare that it takes for all that apparel, all those apparel returns. Like, how is Amazon going to deal with that? That same day, Amazon was holding a press conference to talk about artificial intelligence and sending a man to the moon.
1: So they could probably handle returns.
0: Yes. What I'm (laughs) saying is Amazon is not a traditional retailer. They're a innovative software internet company that happens to sell goods. They have 100 million members on their prime service. And Jeff Bezos said every time they win like an Oscar, they sell more products. It's a totally different game than Macy's is playing. Macy's is still playing the retail game. Amazon is playing the future game and Amazon's not afraid to fail either. Look at what Walmart's doing. Walmart's trying really hard to stay relevant, right? So uh, uh, Doug McMillan, the CEO, just spent a lot of time um, restructuring the future of the company and they want to focus on their superstores, like these giant, huge retail stores. This
1: is Walmart's response to Amazon.
0: This is Walmart's response to Amazon. They're basically saying... I mean, obviously, they're going to say this because they make most of their money in store rather than online, but they're saying in store is not dead. So they want to take these superstores, right? Put great experiences, like I said, experiences, put great experiences in the superstores. You can go get your prescription filled. You can go to the hair salon in the Walmart superstore, all at a great price. They're even going into deep tech, which is like wild. I mean, they're, they want to put data centers in these super centers, whereas Macy's is opening up a smaller store and going to say that you can pick up some some you can order online and pick up in store and that's
1: wow that's so cool to be fair macy's is doing a lot a, li- a little bit more a reasonable about more than that a reasonable amount okay. more than that okay. bethany byron she is she reports on retail for business insider actually went through um, macy's five pronged strategy to try to survive this mess and starts obviously with investing into customer relationships
0: so mm-hmm. they are beefing up the macy's star rewards loyalty no program no way yes the Finally. solution to all of you our problems how long i've been wanting to get my macy's star rewards program back reinstated and ready to go like, that was the thing i was like thinking about my shopping on macy's and i was I, like i don't know if I, their,
1: their their star rewards program is really up this stop like, that's
0: really the key
1: but they're they're doing a lot more than just that one i thought i'd get that one out of the way so you had one to shit on <laughs> They're going to be curating a lot more quality fashion. So they're going to be developing not one, not two, but four different billion dollar high margin private brands, which is going to be their own brands that they're going to be distributing out to customers that way, while obviously improving on their existing brands at the same time. On top of that, they're going to be investing prong number two, investing into their stores. Prong number three, actually, prong number one was the one you shat all over. Yeah. They're going to be investing into their, quote, store portfolio, rethinking where their stores are. So obviously, not only are they closing 125 of their own stores, but they're opening up new types of stores. So they're going to be opening up Macy's Backstage and Bloomingdale's, which they also own, and Bloomingdale's The Outlet. Um, They're going to be opening 50 new stores in 2020 out of the existing Macy's locations and another seven in standalone locations. And they're going to be opening up something called Market by Macy's, which sells different types of products aside from just their typical clothing that's things focused on health, beauty, and, thing, and local food and things like that. Um, on top of that, they're going to be accelerating their digital growth to try to start to compete on the Amazon Walmart front. They're moving their Macy's.com headquarters to New York from San Francisco uh, to quote, allow for better coordination and increased collaboration and better access to Macy's brand partners. I
0: don't know if that really I don't even know what me. that means. I don't, I don't really know what that that's means. That's the problem. I, Listen, the po- uh, uh, this is the point. Yes. Right. We're not saying that all these changes aren't going to make Macy's, sur- uh, th- th- all these changes are going to make Macy's survive. Well, by the way, just before last, yeah,
1: last thing they're doing, sure, cutting costs, they're going to be moving okay. their headquarters only into New York. I've even been hearing reports that they're going to be, um, they're trying to get, they're trying to build on top of the Herald square location are, of yeah. Macy's yeah. and that's where they want to put their official headquarters. Uh, they're shutting down offices in Cincinnati, San Francisco, Tempe, Arizona, Lorain, Ohio, and a bunch more other places. So they are also going to be cutting some things underneath the hood.
0: Here's what I think is going to happen. Okay. First of all, these changes are great, right? There, are like obvious changes. If you read any books on how retail's changing, or you call in any consultant, retail consultant, these are the, these are the pieces you would put in place to save a struggling retailer. Okay. the The problem is one. They will never be as big as they used to be. I think the second thing that could happen here is what's funny. Macy's current market cap valuation is $5 billion, right? Mm-hmm. Some people have said that their real estate, like the 34th Street Herald Square location, is worth, their real estate in total is worth $20 billion.
1: So they're worth a fourth of their actual
0: assets. Yeah, which is crazy. So what, what could likely happen is Company's not as big as they used to be, right? Let's say that valuation for, for falls to like $4 billion, right? You get an activist investor that comes in, mm-hmm. buys the company, buys, a, buys a, nice side, a nice chunk of the company, and just shuts the company down and holds the real estate and it becomes a real estate holding company. Very likely to happen. In fact, I would bet on it.
1: So you're telling me that some activist investors is going to come in and be like, hey, there's $20.5 billion worth of real estate here on sale for five bill. Yeah. I'm just going to buy this up, buy up Macy's in, in total for $5 billion. I'm going to get $20.5 billion worth of real estate. Sure. Yeah. That's the big play?
0: Yeah. I, think, I, I don't think the Macy's brand name is worth much anyway. So I, I don't think they're going to be as big as they used to. And I think that what they're trying to do is okay. Well, the Macy's
1: brand is strong. It's department stores, I think, that are dead. I think you're going to see, I think you you are seeing more stores popping up. You're seeing pop-up shops for different companies. Direct-to-consumer brands are also launching their experiential stores. People are walking into and buying their products from Apple stores still. There are brands that are succeeding on this.
0: Think about the Macy's customer. Okay. How old is the Macy's customer? I mean, we don't have the demographics on that, but I would assume an older customer.
1: I'm going to guess
0: Gen X. And above. Sure. Yep. I would never go on Macy's.com.
1: I would definitely never go on Macy's.com. Okay.
0: So, right there, right there, a generation who will not go into Macy's.com and nor really cares about Macy's. Like, it's just an old name. Well, good luck, Macy's. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I wish you the best. Basically, basically, I think that that um, they're going to have to do a lot more, and I don't think they're going to be as big as they used to be. and. But listen, it's interesting to see them try. And it's interesting to see all these other retailers try. Traditional retailers.
1: Well, then not only good luck to Macy's, but good luck to all of department stores Except in for general. Yes. Except for Amazon, because they are kicking all of your asses and there's nothing you can do about and it.
0: And Bezos is laughing all the way to the bank.
1: All the way to the bank with Oscars in hand. Yes. All right, and that wraps up this part of Casual Pour. After this, we're going to be sitting down with Justin Lafazan. Justin is the co-founder and co-CEO of NextGen. You guys are going to love him and we'll be right back. All right, and we are back today. With us is Justin Lafazan. Justin is the founder and co-CEO of NextGen. Justin, welcome to the show. Rob, Sal, pumped to be here, guys. Justin, we're, we're pumped for you to for you to be here. <laughs> I think we're that's, excited that's for really you. Yeah, yeah, let's yeah, have some fun. Yeah, our
0: show is that great.
1: <laughs> yeah, we're yeah that great. hope
2: so. Hope so. <laughs> you guys know each
1: other well, right? Yeah. So we've known each other for uh, I think now three, years? Three, three years, years, three four years, three oh, four years. Wow. Justin and I, um, Justin and I met when um, I was just getting started with one. When 1H was literally just an idea out of, at the time, my actual dorm room uh, when I was living in DC. Wild. Yeah. And uh, that's just how all the
0: great stories start, right? <laughs> you know?
1: Justin's, Justin's company,
2: Next Gen was about one year ahead of me. I think you had already done your first summit at that point. We started an online community in October 2014, hosted our first big event in July 2015. Got
1: it. So then you and I, and you and I met in early twenty, mid twenty sixteen. So about right after your, uh, we were
2: ancient by then. Yeah, That's you guys, fine. You man. guys were oldies,
1: but I did always respect the fact that you were a founder who was my age, who was killing it i mean i'd like to think so that you and i are in a pretty good place for 22 year olds sure you are absolutely crushing it and make us look terrible
0: i'm working hard man thank you <laughs> we <laughs> should just keep complimenting Justin. yeah he's know? shaking
1: my hand right now he's shaking my hand right now if <laughs> <Should laughs> you watch this <laughs> online <laughs> you'll see the greatest day of my life right? <laughs> awesome.
0: he's never washing that yeah
1: that's that's what that's what we try to do but um why don't we we're gonna talk today about young people. Justin is the head of NextGen, a community of over 20,000 now. Entrepreneurs and investors all under the age of 25, if I remember that correctly. I remember that blew my mind
2: when I heard Next that. NextGen HQ has evolved to be um, a category-defining business. People laugh at us when we say that because we're small and, and only been around for five and a half years. But uh, n- people ask us to like, name our competitors? Sure. Right. I think they're joking. Uh, we're truly really trying to build something totally new High unique. schools. It's, yeah, it's just, uh, right. yeah. Our biggest competitor is, I don't know, like the NFL or the YMCA or AAA. Why, why do you Why do you say that? We're building a business that um, is not traditionally focused. Uh, so, what is Amazon? Right. What kind internet, of business? Internet, right? I mean, today it's a million things, but it's a million. when they
0: started, it was just internet retail.
2: Internet business, I mean, we think Jeff Bezos, if you asked him what his master plan was, is uh, I'm gonna build an internet businesses that are just fully revolve around customers' needs, making them, giving them the convenience they need. We're trying to do the exact same thing. We're building a variety of businesses, a variety of products and services, all built around entrepreneurs and how they need the support, energy, empowerment to win in life and business. So we're building a variety of different businesses all around that core concept of helping entrepreneurs win. You want to give a quick example of some of those things? Yeah, we have a robust digital uh, community, incredibly active, where you can get access to job opportunities, podcast you know, opportunities, connect with co-founders, read articles, find mentors. We have a variety of different events. Our flagship Next Gen Summit, rated number one, award-winning by four was an entrepreneur for five and a half years now. Nice. Uh, but do we do a lot of custom events, partner with brands like Capital One, Target, Dell, Google, Walmart to uh, support entrepreneurs, help those companies get access to young talent, young technology. So as you're building well.
0: you're building that that community. We're building
2: you're... a community, a movement of young people who are trying to win and trying to design the lives that they want to live.
0: So you you probably talk to entrepreneurs I mean you do, you talk to entrepreneurs like every single day. Yeah. All day. Um. What, and this may be like, you probably get this question all the time, but I was genuinely curious, what is the number one mistake entrepreneurs make? Number one.
2: Key to business, um, this is not my quote, I'll steal from a couple other folks here. Sure. Key, key to business, stay in business. I think, that, I think that's the yeah. biggest thing that entrepreneurs that um, miss. They're really, really focused on, um, you know, hyper growth. Yes. Scaling. I
0: swear, Justin, in my questions here, I have a question about hyper scaling and what your thoughts were on that. So i
2: Look, Reid Hoffman and Bill Gates can talk about blitz scaling. I think they're awesome. And I obviously like look up to what those guys did. You're 19 years old in your dorm room. Like you can't i think automatically pick up the blitz scaling handbook first figure out a way to make one dollar once you make one dollar maybe try to blitz scale it but uh the key to business is to stay in business uh commit to something commit to trying to make it work most of the great founders that i'm meeting they started tutoring companies lawn mowing companies they were writing college essays they're tutoring for the sats they just figured out how to make money they were making money that's, that is business, right? Making money. Bus- I <laughs> why, think, why, why, right? When did people forget about that? I, I yeah, think I in, between,
0: in between Google and Snapchat, I think people just forgot that business, business is business made, about like making money. money.
2: And uh, I think a lot of young founders are um, blurry in that Do you think the
0: trend is getting better? Do you think more people are starting to think? I think the
2: WeWork thing rocks people. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. That for
0: sure. Listen to our last episode before this one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Quick plug. I, I think it rocks people.
0: There. It did. Because it was wild. And I don't think anybody was ready for it.
1: Yeah. From one kind of young founder to another, I remember one of the, the, the hardest things early on for me was, how do I get people to take me seriously? I mean, I haven't even grown out my fucking facial hair yet at this point, And I'm trying to ask them to really? give me money. Well, at this point, I definitely. Oh, this was back, I'm right, saying when right, I'm 18 right, years right. old, 17 years old, getting started in this, how did you get people to listen to you? to want to be in the room with you, to give you business.
2: I had a um, a really great mentor. He's pretty pretty famous now. I I won't say his name. And he he asked me um, in a meeting, Justin, what do you you think are the moves to network with really successful people? Because that's what I was really approaching him for. He said there's two ways two ways you can do that you can go to all the networking events you know put on the good suit try to look good try to you know get in the right door act fancy build a personal brand or you can be really great at what you do and then and then and, and then you'll just know everybody the way to get people to take you seriously is to deliver a great product or start showing results and I think it'll find you um, I, I don't think there is a I think there's like a push to network there's a push to yeah. I got a big direct connections if you have a business and figure out how to start making money I think a lot of it will come to well, you
0: well wouldn't you say that that's when he said just be the best way you do maybe someone would say oh that's that's what That's what being the best means. It means going to networking events. Mm -hmm. It means going to a million things. You know what I mean?
2: I I see where they're coming from, but I I, I would push back. I I think figure out what your business equation is. Keith you know, great investor, always talks about your business equation. What's your business equation? What is your model that that is unique and different and differentiated in your moat? And figure out how to do that well and if you can do that well then you'll win and if you can never figure out how to do that well then you'll lose regardless of how many great connections that you have and you may have connections to investors but if you don't have a product that um, has potential or you're not the type of high integrity person who can admit the fact that we don't have it all figured out right now but we're trying Mm -hmm. I think you're never gonna get an investor to invest in you Um, you got to put in the work and and see if you can make it work and and just be honest so I I push back on a lot of the old ultra networking so vibes.
0: Yeah. So one of the one of the questions, well, something I'm thinking about now also, it's a lot of people say you should take the time and learn. Right? You should take the time, Mm -hmm. spend, you know, if you want to go into a specific business, you should spend four or five years really understanding that before you jump in. That's one school of thought. And then the other school of thought is just jump in You'll you'll make some mistakes, but you'll learn the most because it's it's rooted in passion. So which which school are you from? Although I, I sold the second one. Yeah, you kind of that was a yeah, little yeah, pointed. Yeah, that yeah. was a little. Where are you? That was <laughs> definitely
2: definitely a biased question. But. I mean, look, you know, you're, we're we're a bunch of entrepreneurial guys. Yes. I think we all agree that learning by doing is um, at least the move that we're going to opt in for. When I was uh, 19, me and my partner Dylan tried to raise a $10 million venture capital fund knowing nothing about VC, knowing nothing about investing. I think I remember that. And uh, it was a great, That's a lot. That's great a lot it 3AM VC, un- right? 3AM VC was yeah. the name of it. It was a huge debate. Um, I can touch on that a little bit later. Hilarious story. But um, we we're trying to figure out, like, how do we do this? So by committing to raising $10 million bucks. You had to raise $10 we million had to raise bucks. $10 million, so Yeah. Then, so then I read all the books, and I figured out how to start up invest and I figured out what is a safe versus a convertible note and what are warrants and what are options. And even though that they were teaching me that in class, um, because I needed to know my shit when we were pitching investors, yeah. I forced myself to learn it. Right. So I'm definitely on the second camp of learn by doing because you, you have to take it more seriously. Yeah. you know, There's no more excuses. You can't just figure out what's gonna be on the test. You really have to know it. And the clear sign of someone knows it or doesn't know it is if they can explain it simply. If you ask somebody something really complex, but they really know their space, yeah. they'll be able to explain it to you really simply. And if they can't do that, it's like a, it should be a red flag in your head that this person has no idea what they're talking about.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's classic. I, I, mean, I keep it one play, in my back uh,
2: pocket. You ever play buzzword bingo? No, oh, it's great. What you got to do
1: what you do is you put down all the buzzwords that you could think this person's going to say in a meeting. Give me a buzzword, right? Um, synergy, yeah, oh, that's uh, a big one, blockchain. blockchain, yeah, um, omnichannel, omnichannel. That's a big one. My um, boss used to break that mm-hmm. out all the time. I'm actually gonna start using that one, really? Yeah. <laughs> it works, it works, it sounds good. Omnichannel, all the channels, yeah. every channel. we're an omnichannel
0: distribution. Yeah. You are, you are, it was a similar business to what we used to do at Exelon, so. He used to, my boss used to say, we run a, a double synergized, omni-channel digital <laughs> touchpoint system. He used to just throw every buzzword into that. one sentence. I, I love, love it. That. Yeah,
1: I love that. I love, so what you do is you put down all the um, the buzzwords on like a bingo sheet. And after they say all the buzzwords, if you get bingo, no matter what, you have to yell bingo. <laughs> <laughs> you have to yell bingo mid-meeting. I like that. But So you are touching 20,000 plus different entrepreneurs, not only from here in New York or in L.A. or in just anywhere even in the United States alone, you are touching entrepreneurs now from across the entire world and back. If anyone has an idea which young people are doing the most incredible shit, it is probably you. So can you tell us which young people do you know right now that we need to be looking out for? Uh, you
2: want some shout-outs?
1: I want some shout Yeah,
2: 100%. Some shout-outs. Give, them, right. give give the people credit. Listen, they're, they're incredible. I'm going to give the people that I've seen this week credit. That's how's that? How's that? Let's do this week. That's great. How's that? All right. There are uh, two founders out of Minneapolis. They just came out of the Target Incubator, starting a company called AgriCycle. They're employing their ultimate goal is to employ seventy five thousand women all throughout Africa wow. to pick these mangoes and pineapples, and they have this this special co packer that can help them dry it and distribute them here in America and, and target and other retailers. And on every package, there's a QR code. So not only is the product like unbelievably amazing and delicious and healthy, but you can scan the QR code and see live footage of the farm. No way! And you can I love, that. See, I love like, that. The woman, the women, building their lives and building their business. Uh, They're going to close a few million dollars um, later this week. Uh, That is so
0: creative from a brand perspective. Beast beast business, good
2: business. Huge, so, so hot on... um, the company Super Coffee, uh, founded by three bros, um, came to Next Gen Summit a couple years in a row. These are just awesome guys, oh, bros as in like brothers, three brothers or three like three brothers. brothers, like three brothers. It is mother. the number and, one and, and, largest independent bottled coffee brand in America. They're in every retailer, you know, multi multi million dollars in, in revenue. Unbelievable company, and it's healthy. It's it's bottled coffee that isn't like loaded with frappuccino sugar. and- Oh, it's and, like oh that's. Oh, that's, that's like so, an actually so like smart. a good
1: that's coffee so good. I, I drink six cups of coffee a day
2: and imagine if you drank that like a like a frappuccino oh that's i, I used to and i used to be super fat actually, you realize of it. you don't you, he, don't, he you don't realize he, he was he was fat he was fat thanks <laughs> super coffee have, guys are awesome out shout out the agricycle guys um as well some great women in next gen that continually blow us away stacy Ferreira, who rob knows at the introduced us Stacy is the, the one who introduced, introduced us. Oh, it, yeah. I gotta give a huge shout out to Stacey. She's building, she beat Uber to this. She's building an on-demand um, workplace, workforce for retailers, department stores, restaurants oh, who what's need the that. the name of the
0: company? Forge, you Forge. showed yes, Forge. we. we
2: I showed you, we got. A Unbelievable company. Th- I
0: showed you Forge and then she introduced you guys. Yeah. Yes. Okay, so now we should know here. This. The reason that I reached
1: out to Forge is because when we were like 16, 17 years old, Sa was like, you have to check out this company, Forge. Hmm. And then that's, and then when Wow. In, and now we're sitting and doing podcasts. Shout out, that
2: Stacey. Stacey, we love you. Spoke at our very first Next Gen Summit. Absolute beast entrepreneur. Great. Huge fan of Stacey.
0: Yeah, she was super sharp on the phone. She, I mean, she, was she just, knows her she was, stuff. Yeah, she
2: yeah. knows Those her
1: stuff. Agreed. So, if I could ask, why do you think all of us here are under the age of 25 years old? And all of us here have been working not only on whatever we're working on now, but companies before this that have also been either up and running continuously or are successful on their own. Sure. And there's a lot more entrepreneurs like us. A lot more certainly now than there were in the 70s. Why oh, do you think certainly, certainly. Yeah, yeah. Why do you think that's happening? Why what resources do you think have been made available to founders all of a sudden? What cultural changes have started to happen in the world that are starting to create younger and younger and younger founders?
2: If you want to really unpack like, the nuance here, you find a, um, a really tricky situation where actually entrepreneurship is on the decline in America. Mm. What's on Interesting. The, What's on the rise? are people self-describing themselves as entrepreneurial and and then self-describing that they want to become entrepreneurs. So you have the situation where more and more Americans and especially young people want to be entrepreneurs and see themselves as entrepreneurial, but America is starting less companies and there are a lot of reasons why I think that's happening. Student debt, maybe really big one. Right. Cost of education, but. So you're saying they want to be more entrepreneurial, but they can't. Yeah, they're not starting companies. And that's a big, that's a big kind of, um, market gap that we're really focused on. Yeah. Everyone thinks like young people are really entrepreneurial, they are, but they're actually not most of them starting these companies. They're toying around with ideas, they're in the gig economy, they're freelancing, but they're not making the leap to really building organizations and we believe it's a resource issue it's hard to connect with like-minded peers when you're young it's hard to get uh money to do anything Uh, and now that every everyone forgot that there was a whole generation of entrepreneurs that were born pre-large venture capital people forgot that you can build a business without vc so it's hard to get money. It's hard to find like-minded peers. It's hard to find the mentorship that you need. And because young people want to do it younger and younger, maybe that education component, that yeah. mentorship component, is also missing. So what we're trying to do is build bridge the resource gap to help all these great young people who want to start companies and want to be entrepreneurs and are describing themselves as entrepreneurs. Help them actually start the company, what, which is good for everybody. What are your thoughts on entrepreneurs? You know what that? Yeah, means. Big, Intra- com- big companies. What do you guys think? What, what, what
0: is, okay, what is so, it? Okay, so, 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 yeah, so uh, they being entrepreneurial in a large company. Got it. Entrepreneurial. Mm. Yeah. And uh, so, a lot of companies that are trying to stay with it, they put together programs. That I'm put, cool. I'm yeah. Good. I have a startup. And, and you know they're doing it because totally. It's, it's know, to recruit talent, retain exactly. talent,
2: PR. PR, big PR. A lot of it's not working, but we are working with a lot of brands who are trying to get serious about it sure. and are trying to look outside. And I think the the kind of middle ground compromise that is working are corporate accelerators, corporate incubators yes. where they're putting what does the brand actually have to offer? They have real money and real like executive talent and real technology. So if they could bring that to the table and uh, then let startups kind of continue to do their thing not with the corporate paycheck, I think it's probably a win for all. Interesting.
1: Got it. So you're saying less of like corporate startups internal and more of companies working with and inviting multiple startups, third-party startups almost to come into their internal accelerator programs and then either graduate into these organizations or just have these investments from these big
2: companies. Totally. I mean, big shout out to our partner at Target. They have this great you know, incubator st- portfolio of multiple incubators. I
0: actually didn't know that. I mean, we do business with Target um, for years, but I had no idea. That yeah, they they're trying to
2: innovate on the services experience that you have in the store. Like, how do you get into a Target and never leave? That's what they're trying to wow. trying to figure out. How do you get everything you need in a target? I love that great love that. great brand that is really trying to um, make their mark and access young technology and founder and leadership uh, to help target win in the next generation. Wow,
0: who who, who would have thought target was pushing for
2: next gen partner?
0: Yeah, uh, they're actually. It's funny. Like if uh, if you go on um, ToysRUs.com Com today, target just handles all their fulfillment. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Which is because, you know, they don't have money to do it wow. themselves. But yeah, which is crazy. I, I had another question. Um, I keep saying I have questions. I was doing that last night at dinner. I'm like, by the way, you know, I have a <laughs> question. <laughs> well, this um, is
1: also like a the podcast where you right. like, ask
0: questions. Right. Well yeah. I do you know, we, I do this anyway. Don't yeah, we? Yeah, I mean I go ask yeah, dinner you would be
1: like, I have a question.
0: Yeah. So I do the same. Um I do the same. W- when you talk to an entrepreneur, do you ever get an entrepreneur that says, you know, Justin, I have a have a great idea, but I don't, know if, I don't know if I should cross over and make that move. Mm. What do you say to them? And then kind of was that something you went through, where you were like, oh, I had this idea. What made you say,
2: I'm doing this? Totally. It's really tough. Uh, the one framework that I used to think about this is entrepreneurs really should be risk averse, um, and that they should try to de-risk as much as possible throughout the process. Meaning how would they do that? Meaning that you have a great idea, do it in your evenings and on your weekends until you can build up like enough of a base of traction and support until you make the leap. Yeah. The, I think what entre- a lot of younger entrepreneurs want is they want their cake and they want to eat it too. How, you know? They want to not quit their job full-time, but also raise money. Yes. And then once they raise money, then they'll quit. I think that that situation, you, you, you got to you gotta choose maybe. If you're going to try to do it on the side, I think that's awesome. Go for it. De-risk your personal life and your personal financial life, but don't try to make money some other way. And don't be First, unrealistic. Don't be unrealistic. Don't try to raise on a $5 million um, cap when you have no revenue and you're still doing it full-time. It's, Classic. it's, it's tough. I've seen a lot
1: more unrealistic pre-revenue valuations than 5 million if we're being honest 10, I mean, 15 yeah, it it's everywhere. crazy
2: man and, and we're in New York we get San Francisco it's even nuttier
1: oh yeah 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 crazy. Crazy. Oh we're God. a little more no bullshit about the way that we value companies and invest in when, them
2: when Dylan and I first tried to raise money um, we raised money from some New York real estate guys we came in we're like here's the valuation they want they're like what, do you, what, what are you guys talking about? <laughs> is, this <like> a, <laughs> is this a joke? You know, like, uh, and I that was the most humbling experience of my life. Raising money from not VCs right away, but oh, raising yeah. money from real estate investors. Who we're like, show me your cash flow. Well,
0: do, do you remember that what company? company? cash flow? Yeah. Do you remember that company? Yo, yo, you never heard of them? Oh, yo! you want to let you just say yo, yo. to your yeah. yeah they had some. What was the valuation on that? I, I forgot. It was they crazy had a high valuation. High for a yo?
2: Huge, crazy, yeah.
0: yeah. I don't know the exact numbers. Probably in the hundred millions. That sounds like a
1: caricature. That sounds like an episode of Silicon Valley or like someone who would be on an episode of Silicon
2: Valley. It's nuts. I mean, I'm not anti-VC. We have we are VC backed. Yeah. uh, But it is. um, Don't rely on it is that what you're saying like i think you just gotta under understand the context like if you're gonna be a venture-backed company understand that your your venture investor needs an outsized return right if you're if you're not trying to take jet fuel and 100x your 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 company on an exit or on ipo don't raise venture money take out a credit card or a bank loan or beg your friends and family right or generate revenue which kind of wins at all of it i think there's great routes you can do in every single tranche of financing just know what you're getting into and understand the context yeah and also
1: understand that these are going to be new financial partners in your business they're not just for, life. Yeah. for life yeah after you're done spending their money they are still in your business right you still have to report totally. to them right totally. you still have to communicate them you still have to include them i think that's super important let me ask you another question you're going to ask a question i'm going to ask a question okay me too yeah <laughs> <laughs> i um i have the i used to have this pretty intense problem where I was work, 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 work until I crashed, right? And I think a lot of entrepreneurs are under this assumption, especially young entrepreneurs, right? They see these videos online that's like, you got to drop out, you got to do this. Not even
0: just entrepreneurs, just like if you're working hard and you're in a big company and you're you're pushing to make it make things happen, it's the same thing.
1: Right. And one thing that I've come to realize is like, I'm still 22 years old. I'm still... I'm not necessarily a kid, but I'm a young adult, and I'm just starting to, you know, have I'm, I've had I, I have my own independence, and I have my whole life ahead of me. How do you manage being a young person while still having this Great company, question. while still having these immense responsibilities, payroll that you have to make money, that you have to raise partners, that you have to work with? How do you manage also being young?
2: It's a good, I'm glad he prefaced it with the questions. Yeah, oh are yeah, you that's a great question, <laughs> guys. God, whipping it out. Um, I I don't think it's um, obviously it's really hard. Right. <laughs> like the the premise of our business is entrepreneurship is really fucking hard. Yes. and then we're here to help make not make it easier, but help you win. Um, yeah, look, I I just I'm I am trying to choose. Like just, right. just I think people are so afraid to choose, and they're sleepwalking through life. Uh, I chose. I'm really, really. That's so well said. By the way, this is very this, well said. Thank you. Just choose, yeah. Just choose. Like I, I chose what I, what I care about. I care about um, being the healthiest that I can be. My mind, my, my body. I care about being the best CEO that I can be. Building the greatest business that I can build, and loving and protecting and caring for a couple of really key relationships. And if it's not in one of those areas, like I, I frankly am not. It's not in my life right now. Right. Right. And well you said. Had, uh, people are like, oh, you make a sacrifice—it's not a sacrifice. It's a prioritization of what I care about. So I'm working really hard, but um, but I'm prior—I want to—I care about health. So I'm trying to get eight hours of sleep a night. I'm not willing to really compromise in those three areas. I
1: would kill for eight hours of sleep. You can get it's eight key, hours man, if you want to.
2: If you—if it was important to you, you'd get eight hours. Well said, Justin. And I think that's like for everything. Yes. If it's important to you, you'd get it. There's an unbelievable quote that I that I read um, about a week ago, and it's: "If you don't have what you want." You either didn't work hard enough, or you don't want it. You tried to bargain over the price. Mm. I am very really? into that because
0: I wouldn't even if, but if I didn't get if I didn't want it. I wouldn't bargain over the price,
2: right? Ma- ma- yeah. Then you, oh, I think maybe the quote is if you didn't really want it. Or, okay. or you tried oh, right, to bargain right. over got the it. price.
1: Got it. Got it. We'll got just got edit it. that out.
2: Let's re- redo that. You it's want to just redo the whole quote yeah. from
1: scratch right now?
2: Three, two. One. The quote is unbelievable. It's, if you <laughs> didn't get what you want, you either didn't really want it or you tried to bargain over the price.
1: We're keeping all of it in, by the way.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Mic <Mike> drop. Uh, <laughs> I love the quote. I love the quote. Either, it is a great quote. If you really wanted something, you'd get it. Well said. Well said. Thank you. So, yeah.
0: No, I, I used to... Uh, used to do it with my, my grandfather, and he would say the same thing. And I would say, oh, I, you know, I couldn't do this, or I couldn't do this. He goes, B.S. If you wanted it, you'd get it. Totally. If you wanted to do it, you would you could do it. I mean, you just it's just a matter of want.
2: That's. Or you tried to bargain over or you, the price. Or you tried
0: to bargain over the price, exactly. One more
1: question on my side. Um, do you have a one question? One of the, do you have a I, question? Yeah, I do. Yeah. One of, um, one thing that I think a lot of young entrepreneurs do is it works well to network. Always, always be networking. Oh, always be are, shaking yeah, recheck hands. Recheck Your
0: network, re- Expand mm-hmm.
1: your network. Network, network, network. But at the same time, I'm also still making a lot of friends. Right, I'm still meeting new people socially at parties. The other day, <laughs> big I had party this guy. guy oh, big. <laughs> the other big. day, I was at this party actually, and this guy drunk off his ass starts starts pitching me payroll solutions it was like ridiculous (laughs) but that's gold it was like bro i like what you're doing but if you don't have the right payroll infrastructure in place then you are (laughs) never going to scale you're done (laughs) i'm in it was amazing but my question to you is how do you differentiate between your friends potential connections and who you're actually constantly pitching it's hard Well, thank you, Justin. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's a a
2: good question. That's That's a tough one. Solid Um, question. My partner, Dylan, is uh, really, really, I look up to Kobe as well, but Dylan is really, really one of those Kobe idolizers, and his death really hit home for for Dylan. Dylan at our all-hands meeting last Monday brought up a a quote uh, from Kobe, and Kobe would um, apparently tell some of his closest friends, guys, look, frankly, I'm not going to be a good friend to you. Maybe whoa. maybe when I'm out of basketball, things will change. But I want to be really transparent mm. that um, I'm I'm not going to be able to be a good friend to you. Wow! And um, I think that's like a whoa. I don't know if I have the courage yet to to do that. But frankly, it's you got to choose. I, I have some really key friendships, and those I think those people know that that I'm there. I'm all in for yeah. life, and um, everything else really is a step down.
0: Wow! That's a great answer. Love it yeah and then I, the, we got the last question the last question we ask all our guests this question are entrepreneurs born
2: or made it's definitely a both do so i got to choose one i feel like you i gotta, gotta tell yeah yeah you, you gotta do yeah, one you can't greg, greg answered
1: uh both and i wasn't. well that's the whole point of alternative questions no, no he didn't give us a both he gave us he like gave a both. lead but he leaned made on he sales. did he did, he, he did but yeah
2: yeah look um all right quali- qualified answer here everyone we could say born because everyone can be entrepreneurial and really, you know, work their ass off at trying to achieve a dream and and put in the effort and focus and build and create and solve problems, but made in the sense that there are very few who are truly willing to do what it takes to um, bring their dreams to life and actualize. A vision. What is an entrepreneur? Someone who sees something that doesn't exist and can bring it into the world by sheer force of their mind. Like, a, cr- it's crazy. It is crazy. It's like, crazy. Yeah, just broke that down. From, their mind. from yeah. their mind. Travis Kalanick, from his mind, created the fact that I can get home tonight and in one minute click a button on my phone, a random dude shows up happily to pick me up and drive me home because he gets paid it's wild. for it. It's wild. He built that from his mind. So, made for the great ones born because everybody can give it a shot
0: love that yeah okay
1: that is definitely a new one too that That was i'm I'm really i was a little bit against the format originally when you're like should we should we ask these every single one of our guests like is entrepreneurship born or made but i am loving this question and it gets it
2: gets a different response every time and it i think it i think it's really crazy to um to listen back on this like a year from now and see see if my answer would change
0: well, we'd love to have you on the show
2: again next year, if you on. <laughs> Guys, I, I hope I hope only the best for you. I hope a year from now this is I know a year from now this is gonna be taken off.
1: Thank you, Justin. Thank you, Justin. I appreciate it. Justin, you are the man. Thank you for coming on to the show. We'll see, you, uh, we'll see you, we'll see you next, next year. Yeah.
2: yeah. Sal, yeah. Rob, one year from today. And in between that, I'll see you at Next Gen Summit 2020. Ray Dalio on the keynote. Love it. Are we allowed to?
1: Is that? Is that, is that, is yeah, that that's official? announced. That's live.
2: We can that, endorse is that is very good news. Everyone go to Next Gen 2020. What, what day is it going to be? It's going to be June 5th, 6th, 7th here in New York City. We're also hosting an event in just about every city and across America over the next six months. Free invite only. Love it. Along with our partner, Capital One. Nice. So, uh, nice. NextGenHQ.com check it out reach out we'd love to chat
1: great well again justin thank you for coming on the show and we'll leave it at that we'll leave it at that talk to you later man saw rob thanks guys we'll be right back and we are back with casual poor that was just justin lafazan the man Justin is the man, and we are so happy that we got a chance to sit down with him. But now- Wait,
0: I know the show is called Casual Poor, but that was a really casual conversation. I mean, it was it was a really, really casual. It's
1: a really casual pour. It's a really casual pour. Well said. All right. Anyways, now we're going to talk about Twitter.
0: Yes, 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 yes. If you remember, if all of the, our, our wonderful audience remember, we were talking about how short-sighted the market is. Twitter stock last quarter was down about 20% because they had some glitch in their ad-buying ad system. Right, I said I bought more shares. Was I it twenty s- percent or thirty percent? Because you, because I, I, thought twenty. Then I, you saw thirty. Then twenty. Then thirty. I, 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 the 20, I, I, honestly somewhere between twenty and thirty. The truth, both were are pretty bad.
1: And Enough for it remember. to be fucking ridiculous. Yes. Yep. Yes.
0: And their new earnings came out this week, and they blew the quarter away. I mean, listen, their net income was down. Net net income was down. They're spending a lot of money. On fixing their platform, right? They wanna make it more simple for users. They wanna make it easier to onboard new users. I get that, right? So they're investing money so their net income is down. Revenue hit a billion dollars for the first time ever. And daily active user growth was up at whopping 21% this quarter to 152 million daily active users. The stock flew 20%. I don't wanna say I told you so, but I told you so.
1: It's insane how quickly we all came right back to Twitter. Yeah, I've been saying this for years. We keep the show down political, so this is not a political statement, but the biggest winner of the 2016 election was Jack Dorsey.:
0: Yes.: Yes. In 2016
1: a big way. saved Twitter. And now at this point, 21 per, you said 21 percent growth in daily active user growth this quarter alone.: this, quarter. this is years and years and years after, and I feel like over the course of the past few years, we've been interacting with Twitter way more than any other social media I- site.
0: Yeah, It's almost become like a primary source on its own. Jack Dorsey said it best. He said people go to Twitter to see what's going on in the world, and they're just trying to make the platform simpler for people to interact with that. And I got to give Jack Dorsey credit. Guy's running two public companies, Square and Twitter. And he's kicking ass at both of them. Both. Both stocks are through the roof since he joined. And funny enough, he doesn't have a desk at either of of these companies. He famously doesn't have a desk. He he carries around an iPad with him everywhere he goes.
1: He's got to shave the beard.
0: Yeah, no, he's, it's, it's, it's a mess and it's a podcast, so we can't show a picture, but if you just look up Jack Dorsey beard, that's a fun, that's a fun time. It's, it's, it's a fun time. We're going to send this video to Jack Dorsey. And just so maybe, maybe if we tell him, I, I, the casual poor host tell him to shave his beard, he'll, maybe he'll shave his beard. That's what it takes? You think it takes us too? I think it may work. Two kids it, from Brooklyn? I, I think it may work. So anyway, <laughs> Twitter up 20% this quarter after being down 20 to 30% last quarter, And, uh, honestly, again, listen, I am no expert. I cannot tell the future. I don't claim to tell the future, but I love Twitter. I love their core strategy. I love the platform. And I think Twitter is here to stay for years, whether the stock goes up or down. I cannot tell you what's going to happen tomorrow or the next month. All I can tell you is the core product works and it works great. And I'm betting on that. So long story short, everybody, Saul told us so. No, no, no. If you lose money, don't buy Twitter based on my opinion, but. I I think it's a great company and own it or you could buy Casper what All right,
1: that wraps up Casual Pour for this week. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Our theme music is by Daniel Lerner, and our album art is by Evan Parnass. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, at Casual Poor, On Instagram, at Casual Poor Pod. And go to our website, casualpour.com. And as always, do not forget to like, subscribe, and share, and comment. Thank you, everybody, for listening, and we will see you next week. Yes.